This podcast is brought to you by Eversage Law Practice. Welcome to another episode of The Weekly Nugget. Before we introduce our new theme of the month, the team has put together some questions to ask me about citizenship by investment and permanent residency programs. Nearly 30 countries offer these programs worldwide, and although they are by no means the only option, these programs are a great first step to gaining global access for investment and family security purposes. This podcast is brought to you by Eversage Law Practice. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. I'm fine, thank you. Thank Today we have um, IB Sekibo with us on the podcast. Welcome, IB. Thank you for having me on the show, even though you guys have me on the show every Monday. <laughs> yes, great. Well, isn't, it, isn't it great to be like on the other side today? Yes, I'm a guest today. <laughs> that was me clapping. Okay. Okay, so um, we ended the last podcast by talking about um, CBI. Yeah. Yes, and then I think today we can expand on that. Yeah. I mean, we didn't talk about CBI. We said we were going, we're to, going talk to talk about, about CBI it, yes. today because, yes. you know, it's what we do. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, okay. okay, let's dive right into it. So um, I keep hearing the phrase CBI. What's What does CBI stand for? What does it mean? Um, can you explain it to a layman? Okay. I mean, if I was going to explain it to a layman, I would mm-hmm. say it's in the name. Citizenship mm-hmm. by investment is pretty self-explanatory in the sense that people invest in different investment options, be it um, real estate, be it bonds mm-hmm. some people go for the bonds some people go for real estate and sometimes you're just investing in the development of a nation so okay. like the dominica you have the economic development fund you just pay a lump sum and that is your investment mm-hmm. and you can get your citizenship out of that but the main point is that people are looking for alternative citizenships to tap into the benefits that come out of whatever country be it access to vis-a-vis travel access to a more favorable tax regime or things like that so essentially it's giving people another option citizenship by investment gives families individuals investors and another option than to than their own country okay okay that's that's good um so um what do you think are the best investment options available so um i mean there must be quite a few there are quite a few Yes. yes so can you expand on like you know the best options let's say you know someone like for example a young person who um, has the money available if i was going to do it based on the profile that you've given mm-hmm. someone who's young who has some financial yeah. you know stability um i would say dominica okay that is the number one that's the top even the cbi index this, yes. for this year okay. stated that dominica is the top cbi program okay. in, worldwide this is because a single applicant it's mm-hmm. i think it's around a hundred thousand dollars and um it that hundred thousand dollars is a minimum it's a just a donation to the economic development fund and that makes you eligible to get your basically start your application and put that through it doesn't take that long for you to get it there is no requirement for you to actually go to the country mm-hmm. um you can do everything remotely from wherever you are in the world um so far you have someone that is able to submit on your behalf 
and you have access once you get your passport you have access to i think the largest um offering one of the largest offerings for any passport that's 120 countries visa free including i think singapore hong kong um the united kingdom and there's one other country i've completely forgotten (laughs) oh yes the european union so the full schengen area um and the european union so essentially if you have a hundred thousand dollars just sitting around somewhere that you think you know what i want to have a different passport dominica is good saint kitts and nevis they're also quite popular as well the the thing that makes um these cbi programs especially the ones in the caribbean very popular is the fact that it can be done remotely Okay. Things things are such that people don't want to have to take a bus, a train, a flight, another train, uh, enter the belly of a fish and go there like Jonah, just to you know. And it's okay. Let's say you're in Nigeria now to get to the Caribbean, it's a bit of a hop, skip, and a jump. So you need to have that flexibility, especially business people. They want to know that they have the flexibility to mm-hmm. do it from the comfort of their offices, and also the vis-a-vis travel is always you know is always a big uh plus okay um this is something that you don't really find with permanent residency schemes or schemes that only just give you the right to live work in a specific country without giving you anything outside of that these passports give you the opportunity to actually travel outside those countries to you know anywhere in the world that you see fit right so yeah so i would say mostly the ones in the caribbean are the ones that are leading the leading the race right okay. now okay. yes okay so um, um i understand that um one of the options available to investors or people who want to participate in any of these programs is by uh, purchasing real estate right okay yes yeah, so um would you say because i mean like you've mentioned dominica st lucia they're countries in the caribbean Mm -hmm. really small Mm -hmm. so is it would you say it's a viable um option for people to purchase real estate in those countries um so i feel like it's one of those things with any investment you have to make that decision based on the cost benefit so you would have to say okay what are the pros what are the cons what are the things that what are the things that make this attractive to me as an investor every investor is different everyone who is looking to make let's say a real estate investment people have different reasons people have different investment appetites they also have different risk profiles in the sense that some people they like high risk high reward some people hey you know they just want something that's stable mm-hmm. and standard mm-hmm. and also it depends on the types of industries that you're looking to invest in as well so if we're going to go back to your question and say the caribbean yeah the caribbean you know they usually come with let's say if you're going for the real estate you're not going for the um, donation you're going for the real estate they usually come with higher um, minimum investments so where you would find uh think i would always go back to dominica okay you would go to dominica and say it's a hundred thousand right to do the real estate it is two twenty thousand okay that's that's quite you know yeah so it's it Mm. it is over double the amount however you know if you think about it to buy property worth a hundred thousand yeah you know as if as an investment 
you know the, the you would have to think what type of property that mm-hmm. am i buying for a hundred thousand mm-hmm. is it even good property is it a good mm-hmm. location but let's say you add some more money and you want to go for something that's a bit more expensive more premium then you can start seeing you know the possibilities here so it's not yes it's more money but it's you know it becomes more of an investment rather than just saying i'm donating money for the passport right also the con that i would say that some people would look at let's say it's a general con irrespective of who is making the investments is the fact that a lot of these caribbean um, real estate investment options are pre-approved by the government okay so you have pre-approved types of investments um, there's certain things that the government will obviously um, want to reserve for themselves just to preserve things like national heritage things like their own tourism industry to make sure that there's not a massive influx of um, non-caribbean investors that would then start because the problem with these real estate investment situations is it might not be whether it's viable or it's not viable is not the question people come in and we find this happened in cyprus it also happened in greece as well where there was a massive influx of foreign participation of investments because they wanted the passports but for the only the only sole reason Mm -hmm. is the passport so what happens is they get something worth ten thousand and then you find a way to do what my um (laughs) what my boss my former boss would say cooking business and you would find a way working with the development um company to put it on the books that the property is actually worth more than that thereby inflating the price of that property and if you inflate the price of that property then you know other people are doing it just because you're doing doesn't mean that like 10 15 people Mm -hmm. and 10 15 people doing the same thing is enough to kind of disrupt it becomes a problem it can become a problem right so that's something that people start to be started to experience in other jurisdictions so i would assume like i don't i'm not don't quote me but i would assume that because they're trying to stop things like that from happening and they're trying to preserve certain industries from that hyperinflation that can be or overinflation i wouldn't say hyperinflation mm-hmm. that's something very different but that inflation of you know property prices yeah they're trying to stop that from happening right okay. so um yes these properties are pre-approved but i mean if you look at it i don't i don't see any reason why you can't get something like a hotel you know a small boutique hotel okay. a small um restaurant like a building where you would have a restaurant and you know something by the beach like front, mixed use. you know mixed use type mm-hmm. of property okay. those things my i, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't know whether specifically you would have to it depends on each government each government has their own specific okay. pre-approved list of okay. um property that you're able to so if you're one of those people that you don't want those type of restrictions mm-hmm. that might be a con for you okay right um however if your portfolio is to get into the tour- tourism industry right. if it's to get into the possibility of expanding whatever portfolio you have into the caribbean knowing full well that every year let's say everywhere opens up now Mm post-pandemic there's going to be a massive wave of people going to st kitts because that is prime holiday destinations Mm -hmm. um so if that is something that you want to ride the wave yeah it's i mean they're in a slump right now Mm -hmm. but you can only imagine where it's going to go to especially now that the government has had time to shore itself up you know 
invest in some infrastructure you know deal with whatever issues that they might have that might have come about come out based on you know the pandemic and people are traveling and moving to places that they've managed to even just simply clean mm-hmm. <laughs> clean the beaches yeah. and now it's just more attractive yeah right so if that is your portfolio then yes i would i would say it is a viable option but again viability is very 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 dependent okay. on a lot of different factors okay so yeah. fair enough yes um Okay, so now the, the the individual has purchased property and everything, but you know, um, things happen. So what if, what if, um, as an investor, the person wants to um, dispose of their investment? Would that lead them to lose their citizenship? And let's say like Dominica or Saint Kitts now. The short answer is no. Okay. The long answer i wouldn't say it's a long answer the the better answer would be to say no but then it depends on the lock-in periods so i'll explain what lock-in periods are so with most citizenship by investments and even permanent residency programs they require the investor to hold the property Mm -hmm. hold the investments for a specific period of time okay some countries is three years Mm -hmm. some countries is five years and so on and so forth just obviously depending on whatever policy decisions that the government has put in place um, based on you know what they feel works for their own country so if let's say you have invested in a property you are you have to hold on to that property for a period of five years let's say it's five years Um, however the requirement to hold on to an investment for some countries not all countries but it doesn't have to be that specific investment because at the end of the day you're supposed to be investing an amount it's based on the amount so what the what what essentially it means that even if you exchange even if you don't own that property right you have to hold something equivalent so you can say okay i bought these block of flats now i know that there is a hotel close by that it will probably give me better returns so you say okay it's comparable i'm going to sell and then buy and then hold on to some countries it's actually permitted for you to do that exchange throughout the lifetime of that lock-in period the main thing is that your money mm-hmm. is tied in the economy right and you're not able to basically sell and move your money out of the state okay what usually happens i know the next thing is oversight how would they know mm-hmm. right what usually happens is that there are periodic um audits done by the government like the like the ministry of finance will send you a letter mm-hmm. saying we would like proof recent proof mm-hmm. that you know you have been able to maintain you're maintaining your investment okay. and that's i think that's what differentiates they're not saying maintaining the property they're saying you're maintaining your investment okay. so if to say that um you know you've exchanged the property you're going to have to register at the lands registry you're going to have to do different things mm-hmm. so all you need to do is respond saying between when I got my citizenship and now, based on these factors, I decided to do this, do that, do this, do that. 
my investment has now evolved mm -hmm. from being just this to being whatever it is now and this is the proof this is the proof of the amount that i paid these are my swift transfers knowing for what that the funds were let's say derived from that you have your accounts they can all of these things they do their kyc and they're able mm. to track and trace so if you're able to prove to the government satisfaction that you've been able to maintain your investment right. in the country then you don't lose your your citizenship, your citizenship. however if you just sell mm -hmm then obviously if you sell and you leave then yeah. of course you you have not fulfilled the criteria because okay. part of the criteria would be for that country the lock-in period okay. um some countries they have um the requirements to hold on to a residence so in the now on hold i wouldn't say defunct i would say on hold program in cyprus right. um there was the requirement to hold on to a personal residence where you would maintain as somewhere that you live okay. for life right you have it's a residence for life and you have to consistently be able to prove that you've held on to this residence for life okay. and if you you lose that residence or you are unable to maintain it then that is grounds for them to question whether they're going to keep I've, I've, I've not heard of a situation where someone has lost their residency because they lost their permanent residence but there's always a first time okay. but um, essentially what what people have to do is the, the same thing is the audit they send you a letter and you have to send in let's say your the same way we have land use charges yes in most countries you also have um tax payments that you pay on your land mm -hmm. and those filing fees and everything that's what you would send over to them showing that i still own my property and therefore I okay. get to keep my residency and let's say the lock-in period is over mm -hmm. you still have to keep proving that you're holding on like you you've held on to that property basically okay for life yes okay thank you very much that was an elaborate answer <laughs> um so speaking of um, requirements and criteria um, can you uh, elaborate on the eligibility requirements so can you know can if i have the money am i just allowed to you know become a citizen are there specific criteria and um, requirements have um, um, candidates have to meet in order to access these programs um so short form once again yes if you have the money please do come however um it's not as straightforward as just paying the money and getting the passport it you are subject to eligibility criteria if you have you don't have a clean criminal record or you have um, strong or even passable political affiliations sometimes right. it's, um, they call them peps so politically exposed people so if you are any of those then you are effectively disqualified right. from being able to apply for and a lot of a lot of um, across the board so there's no specific country that says okay these this is my criteria most um, CBI and PR programs across the board they have the same requirements because okay. a lot of them are battling to keep the the programs open okay and the forces I'm not gonna call names okay EU. US. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
some of these forces are bent right. on you know seeing these programs completely removed right because and not because they're just malicious but because of the vulnerability that they pose especially with regard to money laundering and terrorist financing okay um you know you could have some unscrupulous agents Mm. who doctor documents Mm -hmm. to show that someone is clean but then you know they're not and they now use their okay i'm no longer from whatever mm-hmm. volatile country i'm now the squeaky clean person from the caribbean okay. and so being a caribbean citizen i can do all things through okay. my new life as a caribbean which includes opening bank accounts mm-hmm. and having my companies and without anyone really batting an eyelid right um and that is now an avenue that they use to do some illegal things so um, not to say that that's what everyone does that's not what everyone does but in order to keep their programs running Mm -hmm. they have to make sure that you know they are strict with certain criteria so that is your criminal record and you have to be able to show and prove your your proof of identity you need to be able to show you are who you are and not just by presenting it you need to be authenticated your birth certificate has to be authenticated by your ministry of mm-hmm. so if you are an international criminal right. and you need to authenticate your documents you have to go and show yourself to your ministry of foreign affairs <laughs> who will promptly arrest, arrest you, you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's some of these things some yeah. of these hoops that people have to but essentially if you have the money please come but just know that if you have some skeletons in your cupboard you you run a risk yeah you run a risk of you not being able to get your passport right that's um that's a scary one for would-be criminals (laughs) yes (laughs) criminals beware so i mean that's it's kind of the thing they say crime doesn't pay it doesn't and it also doesn't get you cbi yeah (laughs) (laughs) um okay moving on um so like you said, there are eligibility requirements and criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also discussed, I'm not going to keep using, you know, the Caribbean countries, yes, specifically do Dominica that. and, you know, the that, yeah. really popular ones. Uh, but can you uh, detail like the application procedure and the um, the timeline for application? Because, I mean, this, you, you said that these present a more attractive option to like the UK and America. Yes. And those have really long um, timelines. Yes. So what are the timelines for these ones and, and how do they compare to um, like the American EB-5 timeline or the UK investor tier one program and all that? Um, so some like Dominica, yes, three months approximately. Okay. Um, it, it varies from country to country and also based on lots of different factors because every application is different. Yes. So where they say it takes you approximately three months, yours can end up being two years just based on certain back and forth. Okay. Because just because you put in the application does not necessarily mean that it's just going to come out of the yes. other end with your yeah. passport. It's yeah. not a vending machine. Um <laughs> You know, the, there there's a lot of different due diligence hoops that mm-hmm. you might have to jump through. There's a lot of question marks that might come out. Right. You can submit, and then they say, okay, you know what? We're gonna need to see this. We're gonna need to see some more of that. We're gonna need to, you know, 
question this a bit more to just to be extra sure and that can take your timeline from three months to six months to nine months and so on and so forth i mean a lot of people have done theirs in under three mm-hmm. months and some people it, they're still waiting right um so so essentially it's just it's it, on a case by it's case. on a case by case okay. basis but typically um for the caribbean they're not very long they don't have that amount of lead time and also it helps that it's mostly documents going back and forth as opposed to people okay um so there's no requirement for you to move some eu um some eu passports um or programs they have language requirements that you have to learn Mm -hmm. the language or at least show and prove that you know something about the country take a test and i don't know whether they've moved to online testing now i doubt it so you know it it kind of it's more accessible in that sense so in terms of the application procedure for the caribbean they're mostly the same they follow the same kind of broad um process so you start out by choosing obviously you approach whoever or you go online you say okay you know what i see what's available you choose your investment option based on the scheme um let's say you decide that you want to go with the standard it's just you you're just a single person you Mm -hmm. have no family you have no spouse um so you decide that you want to just get the um investment you want to just pay the money okay you pay the money and you know it's, there are no returns mm-hmm. so you're not even calculating ROI you're just paying the it's money gone on. right so you choose your option you effect your investment you obtain whatever proof okay. that you have done this because that's very important you fill out all the relevant forms and you um, provide whatever supporting documents you attach everything um, hopefully you get some advice while you're doing this so you can do it properly and you don't have to do it more than once um you wait you submit and you wait and then let's say they come back with questions you answer those questions or they come back with no questions and they call you for biomatrix okay they call you for biomatrix you go sometimes you can do the biometrics if you can most most allow you to go to the consulate of their um the nearest embassy consulate for you to do all of the signing okay. the pictures and the fingerprinting um some require you to actually go there at least you know just come on a holiday so you book a cute holiday to the caribbean at least once yeah but I some mean, places they don't even require that you don't even okay. need to do that you okay. just do some electronic signing and fingerprinting and you send or they give you a page and you just like do a little stamp 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 and you know send it off and you wait and then they let you know that your passport is ready to be picked up obviously you sign the power of attorney for whoever it is can pick up on your behalf if again once again if you want to pick it up yourself holiday get on a plane put on your straw hats pick up your passports for the on the beach so um, that sounds perfect it sounds perfect it really really does because it it really is and that is why there's so much um there's so much angst and anxiety from lots because it's just it almost seems too easy for Mm -hmm. anyone to just have a good time work and then maybe go on holiday to get your passport but you know as people are looking for 
different options mm-hmm. and as people are trying not to be bound by especially after the pandemic most people mm. are tired of being bound by the shackles of where they were born yeah. um a lot of people are looking for the easiest way to do it and so far there's demand it is important that people are given the option okay, okay. yeah so that's thank you for that answer awesome. um okay so uh the final question or final thing we have to discuss yeah okay <laughs> you seem excited <laughs> uh, but um yeah. okay but um so the entire process you've you've um, explained everything up uh, so um would it be possible for um it would be um investor a candidate to handle the entire process by themselves or would it serve them better to you know engage the services of a professional or a firm to help them along with the entire process um i would say that if you have enough information okay. with anything in this life yes you can do everything by yourself okay. however with a lot of these applications and this is me being 100% honest with a lot of these applications there is a lot of government interface mm-hmm. and there's a lot of you know having to apply for authentication of documents book you um book appointments with government agencies there's some of the documents aren't even in english okay. some of the time especially some the eu one i know Greece, Cyprus, it's all in Greek and you're right. going to need someone that can at least the 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 forms that are up to date. Yes. The most recent and up to date forms will be in Greek and then eventually they'll get around to doing the English. English. Okay. Um so it is always better in my opinion to seek professional help because there are a lot of different aspects i mean gathering your documents you can do that yourself right authenticating your documents let's say you can do that yourself as well however the power of attorney is something that has to be taken to a court yes. to be sealed yes. and notarized again if you're a nigerian you can probably do that yourself as well just get no street public but then it now becomes a thing of there are specific requirements for that it can't just be your notary public mm-hmm. it has to be at the court it has to be a commissioner for oath okay. and that can be applied but you would need to swear an affidavit that is signed and sealed as well you, there's so many things that you know especially when it comes to documentation that you're submitting to a government body mm-hmm. that you have to like someone like me because i have a bit more information on how these things happen i can do it for myself and my family no problem okay. Okay. because i have all the templates i have all the tools but you by yourself in your house with little or no drafting skills little mm-hmm. or no contacts with government agencies you don't even know how to fill cuz the forms it just it seems easy and fun mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but to fill a form that you're submitting and you have one shot a lot of the time you have one shot mm-hmm. because they will ask you have you done this before and you can be rejected just by virtue of the fact that information doesn't match up right and it is very very document heavy i'm talking copies and copies and copies of documents and hoops and hoops and hoops that you can lose track of okay. and forgetting one thing is enough to you just throwing away because you would then have to start all over 
and then it, it becomes a problem a that you go process. through all that and mm. then you eventually end up having to get someone to do it for you mm. because they need to go over everything and there's a lot to be said for experience mm-hmm. people that have done this more than once they've done this a couple of times they've seen all of the different problems and how to solve them sometimes you don't even know you have a problem mm. until you try to apply look it wasn't until and i'm speaking from personal experience it wasn't until we applied for our mm-hmm. passport that i found out that i didn't have a birth certificate and i had been issued two birth certificates in nigeria already mm. so i was ineligible to get another birth certificate from the um government okay so i had to apply for an attestation of birth okay and they told me if you lose this attestation of birth <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> just make sure you have a CTC somewhere handy. Um, so, um, so it seems you definitely need to to get the services of a professional because I mean, you can try your luck. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> because you, you just end up spending more time, more money. Yes. So, you might as well just yes. um, just get the services of a professional. Yes, I I would say definitely get the services. Of, and when I say professional, I'm not just talking about someone that says I'm an agent. Mm-hmm. Right. Because a lot of people they make that mistake. You can have an agent introduce you to a mm-hmm. professional. So you can have someone that you know who is an agent, but you need to be sure that they are tied to some sort of consulting firm that is right. re- either regulated or has, you know, presence or they are connected to a law firm that right. is that specializes in citizenship by investment right. or something along those lines because if it's just your agent and you have no idea what mm-hmm. the agent is doing nine times out of ten that person is going to run away with your investment amount right because a lot of the time you don't know where you're transferring your money, money. to so mm-hmm. anybody can open an account and call it economic development fund mm-hmm. but it's actually their mother's account <laughs> It is. So it is very important to also do your own due diligence. Right. I mean, there are lots of different ways to find out whether a professional is really a professional. Mm. Are they um well, signed? Is there some sort of, you know, like database or somewhere where potential investors yes. can go and like yes. look or yes. like, yes. what are they, are they like, um, you know, qualifications that, okay, they, when they see that, they're like, yeah, this person yeah. is legit. Yes. yes, I mean, it's not globally formalized yes but there are lots of different ways that you can check so you can check to see if the person is part of the um, investment migration council if the person is a member or mm-hmm. has any kind of certification or qualification from them okay. um, you can also check to see if they are listed as an authorized marketing agent or an authorized dealer or something and you can find this information on the websites the government websites okay. of different the, diff- um, okay. the different programs or you can just have you can just a quick google search can mm-hmm. really just bring out all of this information for you you can see the blacklisted companies as right. well you can also go check okay if this company has been blacklisted or this person has been blacklisted obviously i always say um a lot of these agents could be international criminals so interpol data interpol right okay do a quick and, search I, I mean, of that, their that names. That also points back to why you need to engage the service of a professional. Yes, you because, do. Because I mean, not everyone knows how to. No, not everybody knows how to do that. Interpol like, and all that stuff. Things like that. But you can do a quick search on mm. any sanctions list right. to know whether or not this person has been doing this or they're wanted or okay. anything. 
along those lines because if they're trying to scam you chances are they've scammed a lot of people True. um then the different ways i mean you can also people are sophisticated now with their websites and mm-hmm. things like that so just looking at their web page it's not so it's very like that's why i said if you're if you don't want to become inspector gadget or Mm -hmm. the pink panther it's not the pink panther who's the guy the pink panther no the inspector that was chasing the jacques cluzo cluzo isn't is it cluzo cluzo or cluzo one of them no (laughs) inspector cluzo the guy with the mustache yes the guy with the mustache if you don't want to be that guy with the mustache (laughs) then it's easier yeah because you know you don't want to waste money mm. and you don't want to lose money either right and a hundred thousand might not be a lot to some people mm. but it's a lot to us yeah it's, right? it, i mean it's a substantial <laughs> it's amount a of good money. amount of money especially <laughs> yeah. now yeah so get a professional any professional and make sure you check the qualifications and ask a lot of questions and anyone that is upset that you're asking a lot of questions is just it, it yeah, clearly does not it's a red flag and they don't deserve your business yeah so yeah that's that's okay okay well that's i mean this has been a really insightful discussion thank you for coming on the show today thank you and i would say shameless plug um this podcast is obviously brought to you by eversage law practice and we provide advisory services um we're together here as a team letting you know that you can come to us just to ask questions reach out to us we post um information on linkedin as well so you can check us out on linkedin at eversage law practice that's the name of our page and we provide information advisory services for you to make sure that you have all the tools that you need if you want to venture into this investment migration space so thank you for listening all right thank you and we look forward to bringing you more insights on um cbi and pr okay thank you very much thank you this episode of the weekly nuggets was brought to you by eversage law practice I want to give a big thank you to Victor Lawson, our awesome senior associate, for taking the time out to participate in today's interview. Next week, we'll be moving to Finance Month to understand complicated terms, jargon, and assess ways to leverage this knowledge in our day-to-day business lives. Until next time, strive for greatness and have an impactful week.